Before we bring on today's guests, I'd like to mention that the Indio Broker Podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio Software is for commercial insurance agents looking to provide a first-rate client experience to their insureds. Indio turns the application, renewal, and accord submission process into a fully digital, easy-to-use experience for insureds, similar to a TurboTax-like experience for the business owner. As a result, agencies using Indio are able to retain and acquire more business. Ryan, you've had some experience with Indio. What have you seen that's a benefit? Ultimately, I think what it breaks it down, Indio makes it easier to do business with your agency. You know, everybody talks about how arduous it is to fill out apps. Well, Indio makes it easier. For the main part, if you're looking for a way to get easier data collection, Indio could be your solution. Be sure to check out Indio. Uh, They'll provide you a one-on-one demo and show you how it all works. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm here in the studio with my co-host, Ryan Deeds. Hello, Ryan. Howdy, Steve. Glad to be with you. So in today's episode, we want to talk about client satisfaction. I mean, how, how do you know what's happening with your clients? How do you know if they're satisfied? Uh, I might even say not even just satisfied, but are you giving them a great customer experience? And how are you able to to actually uh, determine that? Well, one way is using NPS scores, also known as the Net Promoter Score, as a tool that organizations, agents and brokers uh, can use to actually get some valid feedback on their clients' view uh, of them. Uh, And fortunately, uh, we've got a a guest on our show with us today, Ryan. Yes, we do. We have Eric Wistrom from Couch Brands Door, and Eric has been using NPS uh, ever since I've known him, and we met each other at NetView Conference. Um, So, Eric, super glad that you're here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Steve, Ryan, thank you. And just a little quick background on me. I've been in the insurance business for about eight years now. Uh, I joined Couch Brands Door in uh, 2010, 2011. And shortly after I joined, we started looking at how we could measure and improve the customer experience. And that that began to to have a, a waterfall approach and it built a lot of momentum internally. So would you guys mind if I just got into a little bit about what NPS is and how we use it? Well, actually, that was going to be my first question, just to help our audience understand what this thing is and, um, yeah, absolutely how you use it and and the benefits that you see from it. And I think it's interesting that you started this so long ago. I mean, that's one of the reasons, you know, that that I felt like it was a good – you would be a good match because, you know, as many of us are sticking our toe in this, you guys already have a, a, a great foundation around it. So, yeah, I mean, please just start discussing kind of how you guys came to that and, and what that's done for you. Yeah, sure thing. I come from a, a background of consulting and operational performance improvement. And so when I came to Couch, I realized that we're selling a product that in many ways, other agents and brokers have the ability to sell the exact same product. And our differentiation point has to be customer experience. So in order to understand 
whether we're truly crafting unique and memorable customer experiences uh, for our retail customers, we needed to be able to measure that. And there's a number of survey methodologies out there. Um, one is CSAT, which is a typical customer satisfaction survey. Um, you typically ask people to rate you on how the interaction made them feel and whether it was effective or not. And it, it typically is a longer form survey than NPS. NPS is designed to be really short and sweet. It asks, base, uh, it asks two questions. The first question being, based on your most recent interaction with our company, how likely are you to recommend our services to a friend or colleague? And the question is asked in such a way where the respondent rates you from zero to 10. And then the second question is why? So it's tell me a little bit about why you rated us that way. And I had found in, in previous surveying methodologies that I tried that things like CSAT and things, uh, the, the old view of surveying was ask a lot of questions and incentivize the respondents. And that we learned was just plain wrong. What we learned was that we want uh, little bits of feedback very often because when we ask for little bits of feedback, people are less likely to get what's called survey fatigue. So they're more likely to give us better data. Um, and we didn't want to bias it by incentivizing them with a gift card or things like that. But back to that NPS methodology, the beauty of it is that a particular person you're asking, you're asking them to rate you from zero to 10. And it's getting at something more than satisfaction. It's getting at loyalty, whether they would be willing to put their reputation on the line, uh, recommend your services to a friend or colleague. So when we think about insurance, we think about the customer lifetime value, right? We're in a sort of annuitized revenue stream business. Keeping that customer happy and keeping that customer around is really where our payoff comes in. So thinking about that customer lifetime value and creating promoters is really the core of what we do. As the majority of the agents that I talk to realize that we're a bit more like consultants than we are providers of product and, and peddlers of product. And we have to provide unique customer experiences, but many of the agents I talk to don't really know how to measure it. That's one of my, just let me, can I break in here for a second and ask you a question? Because one of the things I struggle with as we're looking at MPS is how did you guys determine, you know, what clients to start with? And then in those clients, you have multiple contacts. So how the heck do you determine who you're sending those 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 things? Is that a purposeful kind of discussion that you're having around a boardroom? You know, when you're when you're talking about MPS originally at, at the inception, you know, yes, I want client feedback, but then when you get tactical with it, walk me through how you guys did that because that's a challenge that I face in my own agency and other agencies that I talk to. You know, how do I determine where to start, what clients to, to, to do, and then who in those clients, you know, should I be talking to and how do I ensure that I'm going to get that valid response from them? Yeah, certainly. So we, we started with a small subset and that was a book of personalized property and casualty customers. So there aren't many contact points within those customers. Mm -hmm. If somebody calls up they're typically the decision maker. They're typically the point of contact. 
It's someone in the family that purchases the insurance, and they're calling us for a billing question or to make a change or whatever that may be. They may be calling us about new business. They may be calling us about remarketing their policy. Um, but we, in, in general, the activity in our management system is tied to the actual person that's calling us. Now, we, we knew that if we started to survey our big commercial clients where we might have the CFO as the point of contact, but on a day-to-day basis, we're dealing with the office manager. We realized that we didn't want to send a survey request to that CFO when that CFO hadn't interacted with us. Right. The whole point of transactional NPS surveying is that you're asking the person that had the interaction with you how we did. So when we talked about this from an executive level, our thought process was let's start with a subset of uh, people that we knew we could identify as the people we were talking to. And then as we learned from that, we expanded the use of NPS with our ticket system. So, Ryan, if you think about the policy management system and not exactly knowing who you're talking to on a particular interaction based on the data that's put in the management system, that is totally different when looked at through a ticket system because you're actually talking to the initiator of the request. Mm -hmm. And that's why that ticket is there. So you're actually able to then tie that back to a customer and tie that back to a contact of that customer. Right. So, um, so, so you built something. You built something to be able to granularly identify those uh, requesters, um, and so they they put in a ticket through your guys' system, and that might be a certificate request. But that ticket then gets to an account manager. But now you have the individual that actually put the request in that you can go back and then give that NPS yeah. survey to. Yeah. Is that is that in a... That's right. And and as a as a quick aside. The feedback that we get back from this is only as valuable as the business's ability to act on it. Right. So when I say that, what I mean is you're having people rate you from zero to 10. And the people that fall into the buckets of zero to six are generally referred to in NPS methodology as detractors. These are folks that haven't had a good time with you. You really haven't done your job as an agent or a business to really make their experience positive and they'll be the folks that go out on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and really just blast you um, to all their friends and family. Um, Your goal when you get those detractors as a management team, as an executive team is to look at each one, read it and do a postmortem on it and then do what we call close the loop. So what we do is we bring the line manager in with an executive and the person, the CSR, the account manager, that was involved in that particular interaction. And we work it through as a team. We don't point fingers. We don't point blame. But our goal there is to figure out what went wrong in this particular interaction. And then, number one, fix it for the customer. Turn it around. Get that customer on the phone. Say, we, under, we, we thank you for your feedback. We don't want this to happen again to anybody else. But, number one, we want to solve your issue right now. Is that like two weeks? I mean, is, is is there a time frame on that, or is that twenty four hours? So, so I uh, you send me an NPS uh, survey, I hit three on it because I didn't get my thing in five hours or whatever, 
And within 24 hours, I'm going to get a call from Couch to say, hey, how, wh- where did we fall down? What can we do better? Is, is that Exactly. Okay. So exactly. That- You're going to get a call from the line manager of that department. Okay. That's going to try to, number one, solve your issue. And number two, make sure we implement process fixes to make sure it doesn't happen in the future. Okay. Um, Eric, then we take... I, I'm sorry. This is Steve. Um, that's a really interesting, quick feedback because you're not waiting how do i want to say it's this it's like you're compiling survey you're results. not compiling survey right. results you're jumping on an issue right away which is the key in terms of customer experience because yeah if you identify a problem you jump on it right away you've just changed that bad experience to a great experience right because you look exactly steve the most important part of that is is in what i mentioned to my managers all the time is we're giving a safety valve to our customers, right? We're, we're giving them an outlet. And if they're upset, all you have to do is ask, and you will get all the information you need. The problem with many insurance agencies that I've run into, and many businesses on the whole, they don't ask because they're scared of what might come out. But when you operationalize that feedback and you are quick to act upon it, you basically not let that wound that the customer has suffered fester, right? You've gotten on top of it. You put a Band-Aid on it. You've, you've taken care of it. Um, and now that customer is not going to end up going to another agency and saying, hey, I've had a really bad experience because you've actually acted like a problem solver and demonstrated your competence as an agent to fix it. Eric, can you go back for a moment uh, to a comment? I would like to go back for a moment to a comment you made about the the staff person. And I believe you said, you know, it's not blame. It's what I heard was it's not punishment. It's how can we help and fix this problem for this customer? It, it is, has that been a hard mindset to put into your staff with this type of process? So... It has created a culture for us of continuous performance improvement. It's created an attitude of, you know, we understand customers are going to be upset from time to time. And our goal is to be there and demonstrate competence, be problem solvers. And if someone's upset, get on it and fix it. Our, our goal as an organization is to never really point fingers, never really point blame. The focus is on extreme ownership. So every person in our organization understands that they contribute to the customer experience and they play a significant role in that in that approach. The way I kind of equate it is to, you know, going to Disney and seeing a character and realizing that that, that character is not just an individual character. They're actually working on a very large stage, contributing to the show that you're seeing. It's rather interesting that that insurance is kind of a grudge purchase. Um, For those that have never had a claim, insurance is something like buying gasoline. (laughs) They don't really want to buy insurance, but they're required to because they want to buy a home or they want to buy a car. And in many cases, they're legally obligated to do it. Our goal as agents is to make that process as pleasant as possible and show the value of insurance. So when we think about the detractors and the feedback that we've gotten from those, my executive team looks at that feedback on a monthly basis. We compile it together into a set of objectives or what we call areas for improvement. 
and this is really neat. I'm, I'm really proud of this. We've, we've got into the momentum of taking that customer feedback and prioritizing process improvement based on that customer feedback. So we're no longer just improving what we think needs to be improved. We're letting our customers tell us, and we're, we're devoting the resources that we have available to those that our customers have told us are important. I think that's significant. You know, it's not what do we think needs to be improved, but what does our customers think needs to be improved? Well, that's something we struggle with as agencies all across the board. I mean, how many times have we heard, well, the customer thinks this is valuable, and then we do a little deep deep dive, and the customer's like, yeah, I never look at that. And so, you know, what a great, especially as our resources need to become more hyper-focused, where do we focus those? And then you're kind of generating a roadmap for yourself that it's not, you know, finger in the air, hoping that you're going the right way. You're using quantifiable data to help justify the expense and set up what the expectation of success looks like for that. So, yeah, I really, really love that. And I think that, you know, you guys are you guys are not like a 10 year old agency. I mean, you guys have been around for a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's neat is you just don't know what you don't know. Right. So the feedback loop that this creates helps us really understand internally who's providing fantastic customer experiences. And then on the, on the outside of that, who needs a little more help to do so? Because I'm, I'm a firm believer that every employee, if given the, the proper tools, can be an artist with a customer experience. Um, but it's about identifying who needs what tools and what processes need to be there to enable our employees to create those great customer experiences. Uh, Ryan, you and I had a talk at NetView talking about the employee experience and thinking about how we could apply those NPS-type methodologies to making sure that that employee has a great customer experience, or rather, a great employee experience. Right. Because ultimately, we realize internally that, you know, as, as kind of simple as it sounds, happy employees create happy customers. So employees with good employee experience with the company create great customer experiences for our customers. Um, And a focus on improving the employee experience is really, really critical to what we do as an organization. So creating a culture of accountability, creating a culture of, you know, uh, driven by results, driven by customer experience, we actually take the, the feedback that we get for our CSR team and based on the positive results and the negative results come up with a composite score and that is used to derive bonuses for our team. Yeah, that's so awesome. I mean, and, and it must be good for them because, you know, so so often I think that the work of the account manager or the people that are actually touching the client gets lost. The value that they provide get lost. Well, now you provide NPS that can actually quantify, you know, one person's soft touch that would traditionally not be seen for somebody else's. And I, I love the data point of the result of the, the of the interaction because now you have, I, I bet your employees dig it because it can kind of, if, if I've got, fives across the board year one, but now I've got sevens across the board year two, I've seen a quantifiable improvement that wasn't based on some subjective criteria that my manager applied, you know? Yeah. And, and really we have, we have an objective approach towards the, uh, the, the performance review 
process that includes client experience metrics and NPS metrics. Mm. So being very honest, our staff that exceed those expectations and customer experience command higher salaries because they're able to say, look at the customer experience that I'm creating. Sure. Heck yeah. I mean, that's your value. And it creates this, it it removes the veil of, well, if I don't really get along with my manager, there's, there's that that's impacting me on my review, but results speak much louder than any, you know, particular interaction between a manager and and an employee. If the results are there and the customer experience results are there, the retention results are there, then you, you really have a, an objective look at what that employee is doing, um, and it should be celebrated. What, and sometimes folks don't know when they're not meeting expectations. That, this absolutely. really puts that front and center and allows us to, uh, as we got into more wholesale business, rethink about who our customer is. Because ultimately, when we're uh, serving the agent as our customer, we have to focus on agent experience. So as part of our new business process on the wholesale side and our service process, we've taken these same methodologies and put them over that, that process and used a lot of the same thought uh, experiments that we did for bonusing employees based on positive NPS results and trying to create a, a focus on agent experience and balancing that with backlog and response time and the amount of capacity we have in, in the rating group. Um, it's all been very helpful in improving the, the performance of our rating team to the extent that our agents need it sure. um, and prioritizing what staff to put in what <laughs> location to meet agent needs. Um, it's really directed our business as opposed to just telling us what's going on with our business. It's it's a, a source of strategy. Yeah, I, and I love that aspect of it. One tactical question. How often are you hitting these individuals with these scores? Is that every time I interact with your agency or is that six months? You this you know How, how do you determine when to do that? So we have a throttle on that. Um, We've learned through a number of bumps and scrapes and bruises that if you survey a big account too many times, you become annoying. So what we've done is we've implemented a 30-day throttle, and every survey kickoff is based on an interaction with us. So if, if the particular client or agent doesn't have an experience with us within six months and then comes to us and has places a piece of business with us or has a discussion with us, then they get a survey. Okay. But if they call up two days later, they don't get another survey until 30 days go by. Okay. That makes perfect sense. So, Eric, I want to come back. You said zero to six were the detractors, uh, correct? Yeah. What about the others? What about above six? What What Do you do anything with that or how do you... How do you ban that? If I'm above six... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is where we start to get really excited and this is where NPS starts to have a, a, a new business payoff. So sevens and eights are passively satisfied, meaning we haven't done our job to really make them smile, but we haven't truly offended them. Uh, and our goal is to turn those into nines and tens and those nines and tens are what we call promoters. So this is where the idea of net promoter score comes from. Nines and tens are the folks that you've done a really good job, and if you ask them to recommend you to a friend or colleague, they will. If you ask them to publicly review you on Yelp, Facebook, or Google, they will go out there and 
fill out that review, and they will likely rate you higher. Now, then, when I say that, I mean higher than a detractor would, which seems obvious. But if you started a campaign, you said, I want to get more Google reviews, and then you surveyed all your customers and just said, hey, review us on Google, you run into trouble. Right. Because you get folks on Google that you probably should have closed the loop with first because they're going to review you negatively. Sure, absolutely. Um, what NPS allows you to do is identify who would more than likely rate you very high and then allow you to focus your efforts on them. So we do what's called operationalizing those promoters, and we try to turn them into a referral network for us. Um, if they're willing to recommend, we ask them to. Um, and we've generated some business off of that. But it's a testament to creating positive customer experiences. When you do that, the referrals come to you. So those promoters, those folks that are super into the relationship with Couch, you know, they are the ones that, that are instantly, in my mind, would be your beta testers for new capabilities and functionality to, to try to determine. It's just, I mean, I, I really love that. And then obviously you have your target to increase the detractors and the passively happy folks to get to super promoters. So now, again, you have a quantification of that. And I, I, I really like that process. So just real quick, I, I think we're getting close on time. But what, what I'd like to do is if I'm, if, I'm a new, if I'm an agency that's looking into this and I was wanting to, to start this process, in your opinion, I would create, I would get a small subsect of my clients. I would pick out some form of system. I would identify what am I going to do with the negative feedback, and then I would kind of test it out. I mean, is that is, are, is there anything that I'm critically missing in, in that tactical application? Yeah, that's the idea. And you can do it in a low-cost way. You could do it with SurveyMonkey or Formsite. There's some, some other vendors out there, the risk of making a plug. Uh, there's some other neat vendors out there that will do that. If you wanted to roll your own, you could... You could do it through a surveying tool like SurveyMonkey or Formsite. But the critical bit is you really don't want to ask for this feedback unless you're prepared to act on it. Right. And saying being prepared to act on it is any detractor that you get, close the loop with. And any promoter that you get, thank them. And I think that's a great place to, to, to leave off. Yeah, I do too. Um, and and Eric, I just want to thank you. This is uh, really enlightening. Um, I've certainly heard of uh, Net Promoter Score before, but just hearing how you have integrated integrated it, embedded it into right. your operation, and the culture. Yeah, I was going to say the culture of yeah. the the staff culture, but uh, more maybe as important, not more, but as important is. You are being extremely proactive on those customers who have not had a good experience and turning it into a better experience, which just has who knows the implications of, of that on the business. So that's uh, really great. Thank you for you know being on the show with us. Uh, any last comments? And if people have additional questions, what's the best way to get a hold of you uh, if if you are willing to uh, take some of those questions? Yes, yeah, certainly, Steve. Thank you, uh, Steve and Ryan, for having me on. I, I really appreciate this. Uh, customer experience, as Ryan knows, you know, he's known me quite a while, uh, has always been a, a fun thing for me. I think uh, we could always improve our approach, but I, I think we've, uh, we've 
learned along the way, and we've gotten those bumps and scrapes and bruises. And I will tell you that it being a core and centerpiece of the organization is a way to drive strategic growth in this whole in-tech game of, of consolidations on one side of the industry and a, a high technology focus on the other. This kind of brings back in the idea of the people focus, which I've always liked so much. Steve, to your question, if, if people have additional questions, uh, yeah. find me on LinkedIn. That's the best way. Just shoot me a message on LinkedIn or my contact information's up there. Always happy to have a conversation on customer experience. And that would be great, Eric. I appreciate it. And we'll make sure that we link your profile in the uh, in the, the notes of this. Again, Eric, you're okay, awesome. Great. Really appreciate the time, and uh, thanks a bunch, man. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Take care. You too. Bye now. Well, this is Steve Anderson and uh, with Ryan Deeds. Uh, what a great show, Ryan. Uh, just some really interesting uh, concepts. And, Dude is um, squared away. Yes. <laughs> Dude is squared away. That's a, that's I mean, a gr- yeah. great way to say it. So uh, I think there's nothing left to say on this one. That's Thanks. Right. Uh, great to be together again. And just a reminder to those listening, if you like our podcast, go ahead and rate us on wherever you find it. Uh, it does help. Uh, get the word out to other agents and brokers and staff that is a resource that uh, they might be able to take advantage of. So thanks for listening. Thanks a bunch. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Send us your questions and comments. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by NDO Technologies. NDO provides insurance agents a first-rate client experience by turning the application renewal, and accord submission process into an easy-to-use, fully digital experience. As a result, agencies using Indio are able to retain and acquire more business. To learn more about Indio and why agencies such as Risk Strategies, ABD, and Heffernan Insurance use Indio, go to www.useindio.com. That's use, U-S-E, N-D-O, I-N-D-I-O, dot com.